One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You may be wondering might this podcast contain mature language? Yes, it might. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I am your host, Misha Globerman. Trampoline Hall, I'm sure you know this, is a lecture series. Uh, It takes place in a bar. It's usually in Toronto, but sometimes we go to other places. Um, People at Trampoline Hall give lectures on all kinds of topics, some serious, some ridiculous, um, some amazing, some less amazing. But the one restriction is they cannot speak on topics on which they are professionally expert. Then after each uh, lecture, we take questions uh, from the audience. And I'm the guy who does that. I stand around and do that Q&A. You can hear me do that at the end of this um, at the end of this podcast episode. Now, the Trampoline Hall podcast, of course, does not take place in a bar unless you happen to be in a bar, in which case it does take place in a bar. But it happens wherever you are. It's the nature of podcasting. The way that it happens is that for every episode of the podcast, lecture selector extraordinaire Kate Bars goes through our deep archives and chooses one amazing lecture from our many, many years of recordings. And then we bring that to you through the magic of magic. Um, if you like this and you're in Toronto, you should come uh, check out the show. The show's amazing. It's like this, but uh, actually happening. Um, so join the email list to find out about that. But now is not the time for that. Now is the time for this. We will go to this episode's lecture. The topic is winging it. And the lecturer is Amanda Hape. <laughs> familiar with microphones and I have no idea if you can hear me or not right now. Yes? Okay. I'll try to maintain this level of speaking. Uh, But I would like to thank you so much for having me here tonight to give you a thoroughly researched, tightly written, and overly rehearsed presentation on uh, improvisation. Uh, Flying by the seat of your pants, speaking off the cuff, and playing it by ear, or as I've always liked to think about it, winging it. Being someone with a very uncool affection for words, I started with the origin of the phrase. I assumed it had something to do with birds. It does not. Uh, It's a phrase that comes to us from theater, and it actually refers to an actor who had no time to prepare and is given only moments to learn his lines while waiting in the wings. So sometimes he then had help from someone hiding behind a piece of scenery on stage or hiding back in the wings who would give him whispered cues during his performance. The first time that I remember consciously winging it was uh, Godforsaken Grade 5. This was uh, an involuntary winging it. I had just moved from one side of the GTA to the other, very exciting. I was awkward, friendless, and unremarkable, and it was just the perfect time to enter into the class of a maroon-haired French teacher who structured the whole year around un pro. 
Every two days, Madame Rochelot would cry out in her Durham County, Quebecois, as she threw down that hockey puck to determine whether or not the Bleu or the Rouge team would go first in an entirely unwinnable game of esteemed gambling improvisation. And as I mentioned, this was grade five. There was no one hiding behind a plywood tree to save you if you were going down in flames. It was Lord of the Flies, survival of the fewest. And that whole year has become one of those rarely dared memories. You know the kind that makes you inhale your gum if it accidentally surfaces. <laughs> and while grade five French class may not be the best venue to learn the value of or the skill of improvisation in theater, it clearly has some merit. Some of the most famous lines and scenes from movies were unscripted. Now, I'm not fabulous at improvisations, but I'm going to do my best, so hopefully you will uh, recognize a few of these. I'm walking here, I'm walking here. <laughs> that was Dustin Hoffman in Midnight Cowboy, thank you. Here's uh, one. Here is Johnny. That was, that was my Jack Nicholson from The Shining. And the next one, are you talking to me? These don't sound like very good movies to me, but I don't know. That was Robert De Niro from Taxi Driver. And the last one, I'm going to give it to you before I say it, was Harrison Ford in Star Wars, and it was his improvised response to the statement, I love you, which was, I know. <laughs> of course, winging it isn't only the domain of theater. Researching the topic, I also came across the subject of improvised engineering. <laughs> it's a misnomer, but uh, it's the concept of coming up with a... Uh, improvised solution to a physical problem on the fly. And one of the most famous examples is from Apollo 13, which is when they had to jury rig a device to remove the carbon dioxide from their ship after everything you know, was a huge disaster. And this is a total side note, but every single uh, write-up on improvisation is fairly short, contains that reference to Apollo 13, <laughs> and then ends with a mandatory, without-fail, reference to MacGyver. <laughs> Which I think is sort of the root of the whole area of thought. Uh, in the realm of social activism, Martin Luther King one day departed from his prepared speech on the steps of the Lincoln Monument when a woman named Mahalia Jackson cried out from the crowd, tell them about the dream, Martin. In response to that, he launched into his unprepared and now most famous part of his I Have a Dream speech. Now, of course, it wasn't completely fabricated on the spot. It was a reconfiguring and a reconceiving of themes and concepts from previous speeches that he'd given, but never quite like that. I think the best impromptu speakers have this repertoire of narratives and ideas that they can pull from and string together at a moment's notice around a given topic. It's like a repertoire of ideas. And similar to this repertorial method is the musical off the cuff. Improvised solos are one of the hallmarks of the seasoned musician. The Hungarian composer Franz Liszt was known to be able to wing entire concerts. And there's musicians today who do the same. When I think about hours of improvised musical performance, it puts the fear of God in me. In my high school guitar class, my teacher gave me a scale, put me on the spot, and said solo. I mean, I'd studied classical guitar for years, but this was something I had absolutely no capacity to do whatsoever. So my response was the hardest, coldest stare I've ever given anyone, and one word, no. <laughs> After a few moments of silence, he just gave up. Music was just something that never came naturally to me. It was always an uphill slog, never to be followed by that feet off the pedals, downhill glide of reward that should follow such hard work. 
I could never wing it in that world, and it's because music wasn't my world, which makes me wonder, is the ability to wing it an indicator of true talent? Is it the sign you've found your natural habitat? Maybe. But then winging it is not all rainbows and flowers. It's also the world of the young, unprepared show and teller <laughs> who gives a talk about his shoes. It's the realm of the desperate exam taker, of the corporate bullshitter. And it's the end game of procrastination. It's that false bravado moment where you decide, oh, fuck it, I am just going to wing it. So is winging at the strategy of the brave or the lazy, <laughs> the expert or the unprepared? I think the answer is that it's both. It's both a virtue and a failing. It's both a, a confidence in the unknown and a, and a willful defeat. And I think this is because winging it operates across scales. It ranges from that you know, ad-lib line in a movie to a momentary necessity when you've exhausted all time and all options. And it even goes all the way up the scale into a general way that we move through life. There is a need to wing it in every conversation and interaction that is not scripted. And I think that's why some people succumb to social phobia. They're aware that there's a vast and shadowy field of unknowns in every conversation. What do I say if? What do I do if? If only they could have seen the script in advance. Or at least, at very least, had someone waiting in the wings with the lines they didn't even know that they were supposed to rehearse. But we can take some comfort in the fact that we're never completely unrehearsed. Do you know the conventional wisdom that we still don't know why we dream? Well, we do. It's a remnant, a leftover from the days when we face life or death situations on a daily basis. It's nighttime threat simulation. <laughs> When we're asked, we typically underestimate grossly the number of nightmares that we have. It's between one and five every night. And each one is a dry run of how you might get out of a stressful situation. And even dreams that aren't nightmares fulfill the same purpose. They're practices and rehearsals for your daytime decisions, actions, and reactions. And I think that we can take comfort in the fact that even though we may be making it up as we go along, it's never entirely from scratch. And I think that's what interests me about the concept of winging it, this way that it operates at the highest level of the spectrum rather than the unstudied exam end of the spectrum. There's a real beauty to winging it, because when you do that, you're truly in the moment, and it's a state that is shared with the pursuit of Zen. There's no watching from the sidelines when you're winging it. You're neck deep. And I worry that I may have entered a period of perpetual planning. <laughs> that I will never recognize the moment where I consider myself and my work to be done the strategy, done the planning, and, and ready to put out there to wing it. To wing it is to take a risk. And it's a chance based on trust, despite the unknowables. I want to rehearse the things that need to be rehearsed and I want to wing those things that need to be wung. Because <laughs> in the end, there is this fog that clouds what may come next, and some people thrill in the unknown. Some people are paralyzed by the terrors it just might contain, and then there's those of us in the middle with no great expectations of what might come next, but only the dim confidence that we'll take it as it comes, and hopefully the companionship of someone to wing it with.
who just might whisper you cues when it's all going off the rails. Amanda Happy. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Are there, are there, are there any questions? Uh, yes, you, sir, yes. If you knew you were going to uh, prepare this so much, uh, why did you end up choosing the topic of improvisation? And but the question is, the question is why you why you chose improvisation, given that you knew you were going to prepare. All right. I I think it's because I am a preparer. I am a planner, and I don't tend to wing it. But then it started making me wonder, like you know, do I wing it? Is there places in my life where I'm confident enough to sort of uh, believe that I have my repertoire of skills and experiences that I can pull those together, or am I someone who's perpetually going to be trying to script every moment of my life? Uh, so that kind of realization that like this, I want to rehearse for the things that should be rehearsed. <laughs> I know my own skills. This <laughs> impromptu performance is not really one of them. Um, but yet, it is a much kind of a bigger scale question for me that uh, you need to kind of call it a day with being prepared at some points, I think, and, and allow what you don't know to happen. Does that, does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay, good, yes. Did you, yes, you, yes, you, sir. So what did you, what did you learn? What did you, what did you actually, what did, have you found the balance? No. All right, good. <laughs> what did you, what did you, yeah, what did you, what did you want to know? What's your, you mentioned oh, your work. What is your work? Oh, I was not going to use the word work because, um, anyways. Uh, well, I'm, I have, a, I have a, a world of work, which is my day, which I'm more proficient in than the world of work, which is uh, my nights and weekends, um, which is really where so you're I... Always, you're always working. You're just, that, you're just doing, <laughs> doing your day work in the day, your yeah. night work in the night, your uh, sleep work when you sleep, like that kind of thing. Um, but that's the world in which I feel like I, like I need to kind of make that commitment to wing it, uh, which is painting. Oh, so painting. Oh, okay, so so you're a painter, and that you do that in the night. The yeah. night you're a night painter. Yeah. And you, yeah. but right now, right now, you 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 repaint things that other people have painted. Is that what you mean? Oh no, just that okay, I so not, I not kind that. of yeah I squirrel I squirrel away and do my work, and don't show it to anybody. Oh, you don't show it to people. Yeah. So that's not a problem. So it's not it's not the winging it. It's the it's the staging it. You're actually in the wings. You're like effectively. <laughs> you're effectively. <laughs> to That's use right. that analogy, no one but has so, pushed me out on stage yet. So okay, okay, so, okay. So 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 so. Do you feel? And do you? Feel, so so. I'm, not, I'm actually not sure of the connection between those things because presumably you paint and you you have times when you're paint and you're like, 
Tare, I'm, you know, I assume, you know, it's improvisational and the painting maybe surprises you or whatever. Is that true? It's, it used to be. It's become pretty planned. Right, it's yeah, yeah. pretty... Like, I, I work in the day as a graphic designer, and I find that seeping more and more into the way that I paint, is oh, that sure. it's like, you know, I've got drafts, and I've got projections, and before it was very much like, whoosh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I, you know, you use that, that complicated art speak, yes. but still I understand... Yes. I basically understand the gist of what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, so you're becoming less... So your work as a graphic designer is making you less less uh, free as an artist, you think? Is that true? Is that a fair? Oh, well, I hate to say it, but it's possible. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so there's a there's a sad, so there's your answer. So the work your question was what work does she does? The question is gra graphic designer and and and, um, and unhappy unhappy artist. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. Just, not unhappy, yeah, sequestered. Yeah. Sequestered. Sequestered. I'm sorry. I always confuse those two. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Yes. You, ma'am. Yes. How long did it take you to prepare and rehearse? I thank you for that. I like the distinction. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, Kelly, the curator, in, oh, has a good ring to it. Yeah, it does. It sounds like me the, yeah. that I was the first person to send him my completed speech, which was 10 days ago. Uh, and well, why is that funny? I don't. <laughs> that's how much time you need. Yeah, I started people are panicking impressed. at four weeks. <laughs> so I took me, um, I, sat with, I sat with a loose document full of research for about, um, you know, that kind of rolled around in the background of my mind for about a week. And then, um, as my husband will tell you, I spent a solid day, basically like probably like nine or 10 hours writing it. Um, and then switched over at that moment to rehearsing it. And I probably, over the span of 10 days, rehearsed it for a total of about six hours. What? <laughs> Wait, why are you, who is someone, 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 someone shocked? Who was shocked? Was that like the, the other lecturer tonight, like running out the door? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I've got another two hours to work on mine. <laughs> Where did, was someone, was, there was a noise of shock? Was it, who was it? Lauren. Oh, was Lauren? Lauren, you were shocked? Why? Is that a little time? Did that seem like a lot to time? you? Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like such a, a loser now. No, I think it's great. I think that's a... You know, a lot of, a lot of very good, a lot of, you know, you, I don't know if you ever read a novel, but sometimes people work like a whole a month on one of those. Oh. And it's, it's fine, you know, it's completely, yeah, I don't it's have completely that acceptable. Time, yeah. No, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. I, they're going to try to make you feel like it's, like it's not cool to try. But that's, <laughs> that, that's just because that's like, no, I, I, I tell you, I've seen lectures that people were, I won't, I won't, I'm not to go too behind the scenes on you guys or anything, <laughs> but I've seen lectures where people don't work on them and they suck. So, I'm, okay. so, I'm, so I appreciate that. Um, yes, yes, you, sir, yeah. A little bit. Um, awesome. The question was whether she anticipated questions. Oh, I didn't realize that was a joke. Okay. But no, no, um, no. It's no. It's a fair. Even if it is a joke, you can treat it as if it's not. Yeah. That's one of the Q and A tricks. Yeah. I think that guy felt very good about his question before he asked he it. He did. <laughs> um. No, I did, and I was, and it's weird being the non-expert with a Q&A, this was the scariest part, because I have put everything I know about this subject on this three pages <laughs> folded in half, um, and I was like, I'm a hollow vessel, I have no more to give on this subject. Um, so I did kind of think of where are other times in my history that I maybe felt the need to wing it, and did I do it successfully or not, so now you're not allowed to ask that question, but, um, so yes, I did, thank you very much, prepare for the Q&A. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, okay, okay. Um, anything else? Anything else people would like to know? <laughs> I promise I won't be so mean anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they could take it, they could take it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yes, 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 sir. Um, what role does money play in the choice to wing it or to The question is what, what role does money play in the choice of whether or not to wing it? Jeez. I don't know. I think it's, that's probably an, an issue of balls. Like, I, 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 I would want to prepare for anything I'm being paid for or hope to be paid for. But that's my own. That's my own kind of approach on things, right? But I don't know. I think you do eventually. You get to this kind of point where um, just who you are is valued enough that, you know, just kind of you being you and saying what you say <laughs> probably becomes the kind of thing that, that can be very valuable, and you, yeah. then you can just start winging life in general. Just, just, yeah. just like show up and be like, yeah. I'm here. Here's here's what a good question is like. Here's what a, that's what it's like for me. Basically. Right. Um, but so but so, but so you think so you think getting paid? So you think if you get so at this point at this early not completely jaded stage in your working life, hmm. you feel that you'd be more you'd be more inclined to, to prepare if you're being paid in general. Yeah, I think, I don't know the a version of winging it is probably a money seeking device. Does that answer your question? All right, cool. Um, I mean, yes, that's a good email. Yes. You mentioned a husband. How um, has I'll stop you right there. But she'd like to know what's it like being married. Are you are you thinking about it yourself? Are you like I was thinking of getting one of those? How are they? Are they are they useful to have around? Do, do you need to prepare for this? Oh, do you, oh, so you think like so like in a relationship, so a relationship because a relationship involves is is improvisational. You mean like because yeah? How much could you prepare for what was actually right? Did you prepare for being married? Uh, no, I like. I mean, when I kind of closed it with a little like to the husband over there, but um, I think that it's. I see them as your um, like they are your person in the wings. They're the opposite of something that you have to go into in a situation and wing it with them because I'm. I don't know. I can only speak from personal experience, but it's almost like you know you're then together winging it in the world. So that's been my personal experience. Oh. <laughs> Does that, does that answer your question? Okay, yes. <laughs> that was yeah. a no, Any, yeah. Anything else, else people would like to know? Any other? Uh... So, oh, yes, yes, you, ma'am, yes. Is, that, is, is uh, planning a good trade for a graphic designer? What? Sorry? Is planning a good trade oh, for a graphic designer? Oh, is planning a good, is, is being a planner in that way a good trade for a graphic designer? Are you more successful than the other? Are you more successful than graphic designers who wing it more? <laughs> is that your question? Yeah. Yeah, okay, it would be your question. All right. Um, I, I know the place that I work, we are super structured with process, so it's kind of, it's, it's, the, it's very much a planning, a planning and rehearsing and researching and replanning and throwing it away and starting again. Um, it is a, a, a long slog process kind of approach, so um, I think that that makes us as a whole pretty successful. Um, yeah, I, I, that is not something I would wing it in, but that's me. All right, so, 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 so for graphic design, it's good. It's good to take those steps yeah. and really think through what you're going to do and, and do the research and do the homework and do all that kind of stuff. Is that, is that? In my opinion. In your, yeah. in your opinion, okay. we understand. Yeah, we understand that you, won't, you wouldn't be here giving us someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the non-expert part of the evening is that I feel super weird giving answers to questions so have, that have I have So that, that's, okay, yeah. yeah. So that, does that feel, are you, do you want to, is there anything else that you've said that you want to qualify? 
as not being universally true or that you'd want to... Because people yeah. are basically, anything that you've said here, people are going to go home and be like, it's completely true. A lady said well, it. Well, the non-expert said, so yeah. In a bar. Yeah. Yeah. It must be true, and you're going to have to like run after them and be like, no, no. Okay, I'll, anything else I will stop it. being so Canadian about no, it's it. Okay. Yeah. No, that's okay, that's fair. I'll just make fun of you a little. Uh, how's, 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 well, here, here's something. How's this? How's, so, 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 so you did, you took some time to try to anticipate questions. Did, were, 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 were any of the questions that people asked, were they like the sorts of questions you anticipated? No. <laughs> and how is it, has it been? Has it been like okay? Has it been all right, or is it? Oh, it's great, and it's I, like I mean, to me, the preparation is like there's like a one point one percent chance that someone's going to actually ask a question that I thought of. But the fact that you've prepared is like the thing that shuts off the the kind of like Amanda, what happens in the Q and A? Like you can turn that guy off as soon as you know that you've done all you can do. So you're like, oh, it's, so it's, so that's weird. So it's sort of, so it's like a, like an almost um uh uh uh, what's the word? Not superstitious, but like like it's like you 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 feel that it'll help to prepare even though you actually didn't, so you didn't think that any of the questions you asked were likely to be asked, you're just like, you'll feel like you have prepared. Exactly, it's ritualistic. Right, ritualistic, yes. thank you, that's exactly the word yes. I was looking for, thank you. Um, it's a pep talk, it's like yes. a pep talk, but it's not, but it's not, but it's almost the, except it's not a talk. And, it's, but it's not, and it's not, but it's not, but it's not peppy, because it's not like, it's no, not like a pep it's, talk, but just, it's, it's pep prep. It's Aww. pep prep, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you want to do you want to tell us? Do you know, can you remember any of the questions that you thought people would ask? Um, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't want to get into this because then I have to tell the answers to them. But I'm not going to offer any of those up. But it was like, you know, do you know anyone else who's kind of, you know, wung it in a way that you respect, or um, yeah, like kind of stuff, more stuff like historically. More in my story, maybe yeah. like more like how many name name ten famous improvisers? Would yeah, that be like I know, and I was like, make sure you know the original name of Martin Luther King's speech in case someone asks you about that, and Mahalia Jackson is a gospel singer in case someone wants to know about that. <laughs> well, we, we we appreciate you having done that preparation. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, is there anything else people would like to know? Yes, you, ma'am. Yes. The question is, do you worry about a lot of things? Is there a second, or what? Or just more about this lecture. Have you worried about other things before this lecture? Is that your question? <laughs> oh, so, so like, is this, is this, is doing this lecture, is this, so is this lecture sort of characteristic of what your life like, like in general, and that like you would generally prepare a lot for other things, or is this like a particular, an unusual See, situation? I, I totally consider worrying and preparing to be totally disconnected. I think I worry less than most people that I know, and it's because you're kind of like, I am ready for this. Like tonight, I was like, I'm ready for this talk. I got it memorized. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to worry when you are ready for something. So, like, <laughs> the last, the last lecturer who's, who's only worried is that right? Your strategy has been to not prepare at all, but only worry. Is that what you're? All right, yeah. So, but, so we can compare and we can see. We can see. We can see how those two strategies go. Yes, you, the the, the bearded gentleman. In the, in the. Uh, given that you memorized your speech on improvisation, were you prepared for a mental blip for like a little brainstorm? Yeah, I have the whole thing. So, here. Fred, like, is there like is everything sort of choice marked so that if you she mean like did she have like a like a like a like a fallback plan like in case something went wrong like a plan B? If, if you try and sort of memorize something that you're really freaked out about and then you blank, you know you crash really hard. Right. So. Right. So did you have? So did you have? Yeah. Was there a, con a contingency plan? No. Uh, no. I, because I wasn't freaked out anymore. You know what I mean? 
Like, I mean, this is just a massive aerial size 12 single space. Like, there's no finding where you, where, where you are at a, in a casual yeah. moment if you're yeah. lost. Yeah. On page 2.5, it's over. <laughs> what would you, you would just, like, leave? You'd just be like, well, you could find me take, like, a half a minute, but you wouldn't be like, <laughs> My plan oh, well. was just to fumble the pages into the audience <laughs> and run away. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, you'd be surprised how many people actually do that. Well, <laughs> Well, and, and, and uh, we're glad you, you didn't. Um, uh, let, let me, ladies and gentlemen, Amanda Hape. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Kelly Jenkins. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Our coordinating producer and lecture selector extraordinaire is Kate Bars. If you enjoyed the podcast, uh, you can help us out by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps a lot. You can also come check out the show in Toronto. I am Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.